Good morning. It's good to be with all of you in worship today, whether you're here or online. And, you know, God gives us this blessing. He says, if we will seek Him with all of our heart and we will live according to His word, that He will richly bless us. Do you believe that? And I think it's one of the reasons we're looking at the Beatitudes, this word that means the great blessings that God gives us. And it's coming from Matthew chapter 5, our, our Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives us. And these blessed R's that we've looked at, these eight Beatitudes. And today we're going to look at the sixth one. And I, th- I think about this. Is there anyone here today that, would, that needs more blessing from God? You know, in this chaotic time in which we live, well, our world sure needs God's blessings, right? To be blessed by God. Someone has said that the Beatitudes are finding the right way to live in a wrong way world. And I think that's so true. These eight Beatitudes are not eight different people. They're eight blessings that God gives to you when you follow Jesus the way you're supposed to. And as you look at these eight Beatitudes, it's rather obvious that Jesus is really concerned about changing us from the inside out. That as, as important our outward behavior is, and our words are very important, Jesus says what's really important is the transformation, that there is this internal change. And when that internal change is there, it's going to be manifested in your words and your actions with others, right? That's the blessings that come from that. I do like the way that Jesus says, blessed are. He doesn't say blessed if or blessed when or blessing shall be. He says it's right here and now. When you live by faith, these things that Jesus calls us to do in these Beatitudes, those blessings happen right now. It's the blessed R event that we're in. So this sixth Beatitude, our topic today, is about being pure. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they will what? They shall see God. They shall see God. Here's the encouragement. The encouragement is to remove the impurities, the corruption, the deceit, the pollution that from our heart that obstructs our view of God. I, I grew up in Chicago, and the second house that we lived in was fairly close to downtown, but close enough that on a clear day you could see the John Hancock building. And it was at that time was like the largest building in Chicago. And you could see it from where we live when you get out in the morning, you look and you see the John Hancock building. But there are many days when you look at that same spot and you could not see the John Hancock building. And it wasn't because of rain or cloudiness from there. It was because the pollution in the sky was so great that you could not see the John Hancock building. The pollution obstructed the view of downtown. And I often thought about that, and I still think about it today when we're talking about pure in heart, is that the John Hancock building was still there. I was looking in the same place that I always looked, but I couldn't see it on certain days. The building was still there, but pollution obstructed my view. And, and you know, that, that's what it means to be pure in heart. To be pure in heart means that you don't allow the pollution, the corruption, the deceit, the uncleanness of this world obstruct your view of God. God never moves. God never changes. 
as Lynn read to us earlier, uh, we see Jesus, and one day we'll see Jesus as he is. But the reason why the world cannot see Jesus is because they don't know Jesus. They don't live the way Jesus wants them to live. And there are people who look up in this world and they see nothing but pollution and corruption and deceit. You're different, aren't you? You're a child of God. A pure heart removes those impurities, those obstructions, so you can see God. Now, that's not just in the heaven. That's not just blessed be the pure here on earth and one day you get to see God in heaven. That, that is certainly true. We get to see God face to face. Amen? And what a glorious day that will be. This is talking about seeing God when you are pure in heart right now. So God told us that we can see him in the stars. The heavens declare what? The glory of God. When you look up in the night sky, you see God. Nature, Paul tells us, declares the great and mighty power of God that created all this. When you look at the trees and the mountains and the nature and this beautiful place where we live, the ocean, we see God, don't we? Because of the purity of heart. The Bible also tells us that we see through eyes of faith, right? We don't walk by sight. Why? Because sight is polluted. It's corrupt. It's deceitful. You know, it's all those things. It's unclean. But the eyes of faith, the purity of faith, allows us to see those incredible things. So I want to encourage you today in this, when you see pure in heart, we often think about the word perfect. This is not that you are perfect or sinless. This is a direction of your life. It is a single-minded purpose. It is the desire to remove any impurities or pollution or corruption from your faith so that you can clearly see God at work in your life. It's a prayer that Paul had. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened, that you may be able to see the hope to which you've been called, the riches that God provides for you, and the incredibly great power of God that is at work in the life in which we live. So what keeps us from seeing God is the impurity of this world, the pollution of sin. And so we want to be pure in spirit so that we can, pure in heart so that we can see God. Now turn to Psalm 24. And I'm going to read a few selected verses from here. And this psalm connects seeing God with being holy. And here's where it begins. What do you see as a believer in God? Well, what you see is that the earth is the Lord and what? Everything in it. What do you see as a child of God? You see God as creator. You see that God made all of this and you declare that God is the creator. So you see God as creator. You also realize that God has called us to be into his presence. And so in verse 3 it says, who can stand in his holy place? Who can approach the throne room of God? Who can approach the holy, holy God? Who's the one that can stand in the holy place? Now remember elsewhere it says there are some people who walk in the counsel of the wicked 
who stand on the path of sinners and who will sit at the table of mockers of God. Right? There are some who will sit, stand, and walk in sin and wickedness, the pollution of this world unclean. They're not the blessed ones. They will never see God. Who are the ones that get to stand in the holy place of God? The one who gets to see God. They're the ones who have clean hands, representing your actions, your behavior. And they have a what? Here it is. Pure heart. When do you see God? When you do clean things. When you avoid corruption, deceit, and pollution. And you live the way God wants you to live. You see God. All right? You're in his presence. What do you receive? A blessing and vindication as God your Savior. And so now you know God is creator. God is holy. God has purified me. I stand in his presence. And now you see the power of God. Who is this king of glory? Who is the one that's in charge of everyone and everything? There is no other Lord except this king of glory. Who is he? He is the Lord that is strong and mighty. Isn't that powerful? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is what Jesus means in that beatitude that he gives here. The pure in heart, they will see God. The, the blessing comes to you in your life and your determination, your single-minded purpose is to keep your heart pure. You see God as creator, you see him as holy you see him as powerful, and you realize he blesses your life when you'll be pure in heart. Now, I've noticed in our world, there is a lot of emphasis on pure water, pure and clean detergent, pure and clean food sources, pure and clean chemical-free products, pure fuel and clean air. However, our culture... And our nation is so polluted and so corrupt and so sinful and so dirty in just about every area you can cut it. We are a polluted, dirty, impure nation. And in this year of chaos, it has shown itself full-blown in its corruption, deceit, impurity, immorality, and sinfulness. We are a polluted nation. And we need to be honest with that and to understand that. We are so concerned about the pure environment and pure fuel and pure air and having clean foods and purified water and purified air, but we don't do a lick about the pollution and the impurity of our nation. And the corruption continues and the deceit continues. And the immorality continues, and the pollution continues, and we still say, God, would you please bless America? Do we not see the contradiction in that? Do we not feel the sorrow of that? Do we not feel the pain of that? I would like to see us spend just half the time in our nation worried about the pollution of our morals and our justice and our ethics and our government as much as we do about our clean air and everything else. It's good to have clean air. But what good does it do us if our hearts are impure and filthy as the mud that our pigs wallow in? Is that enough preaching? 
We will spend tons of money on purification systems to make sure the air in our home is clean. When's the last time you sat down with your children or your wife and sat down and read God's word and, and checked how your heart condition is? How pure is your heart before God? We can gripe and complain about the corruption, the pollution, the uncleanness of our world. What about in your own home? What about in your own heart? And this is what Jesus says. We've got to have the purification system. And this is, this is what we need. So how do you measure what is pure? I'm glad that ivory soap is 99 and 3-4% pure. I don't get after 40 years why it can't be 100%. It's stuck at that number for the last 40 years, right? I'm glad your air filter gets 80% of the stuff out of your house. Why can't it get 90? But notice what Jesus does not say. He does not say, blessed are the pure, for they'll see God. He does not say that. If he did, then I could say, well, I'm pure in comparison to my neighbor and friend. He didn't say, blessed are the pure. If he did, I could say, in terms of religion, I'm purer than you because I do more things religiously than what you do. He didn't say, blessed are the pure. I say, well, you know, in terms of being a citizen, I'm, I'm a better citizen than you are. He didn't say that. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Whose heart? My heart. Not my heart compared to others. Not my religion compared to others. Not my citizenship compared to others. How is my heart before God? How is the purity of my heart? That's what God measures, the purity of my heart. Quit worrying about somebody else. How is my heart in relation to God and what does he use? Well, I know God is pure. In him is no darkness at all. There's no pollution in him. And I know that his word is pure. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is what? Pure. Now, the backdrop to that is in terms of precious metals. Specifically gold, you put gold under fire and you put it under the fire. Whatever impurities are there will burn up, but the, cult, but the gold remains, doesn't it? The Bible oftentimes it talks about the word of God as being pure without impurities, without the dross. Measures our heart and is 100% accurate. The word of God is pure. That's our measurement. It's to be the path that we choose. That shows us that path. Look, look in Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Now this is not just for young people. But let's just keep it there for a moment. Parents, you only have your kids in your house for just a few short years. And they get short real quick. You will not believe it. I sound like my dad. Time flies. You will not believe when you look back what a short period of time you have with your kids at home. My oldest son now has probably lived outside the home longer than he lived in the house with us. He has now at this point, hasn't he? Sarah's getting pretty close. How fast that happens. And why do the grandkids grow up quicker than the kids? 
Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. You are having a treasure in your house to be raised according to the Word of God. What are you to teach them? The path to a pure heart. Teach them this path. Where else are they going to learn it? Where else are they going to learn the path of being pure in this world? This path of purity, to live according to it. Solomon later on will write in his journal, Ecclesiastes, later on, he will talk to adults who regret the choices of impurity that they made. And what he will tell them is this. You need to remember your creator that you learned about in the day of your youth. You see, the advantage they had was they were raised by godly parents who taught them the pure path. So when as adults they strayed away from it, they knew where to go back to find the path. We live in America where we have parents who were never shown the path of purity, who've never obeyed Christ, who are now raising children in this corrupt, polluted, deceitful world who do not know Christ. And when they grow up and they regret the choice they made, who will they remember? To whom shall they go? Do you see how important this is when people say that heresy and unfaithfulness is just one generation away? Of course it is. You neglect, they don't know. Their ignorance, they don't know where to turn. They don't know anything differently. So it says, teach the young the path of purity. But stay on that path of purity. Don't get off of it. Because Solomon says you'll regret it. Always stay on that path of purity. So important. It's the pure of heart that sees God. Remember, we want to stand in the presence of God. And you have to do that in order to do it. You have clean hands and a pure heart. God is holy. He wants us to be pure. And so he connects this idea of seeing God with holiness. And the Bible says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Paul connects, notice, purity with holiness. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. So this is the idea of purity. We are motivated out of reverence for God to purify ourselves from what contaminates our body and spirit. Not just some things that contaminate it, not just the easy things to get rid of, but everything that would contaminate our body and spirit, the attitudes, the motives, the behavior, because we want to mature in holiness out of reverence for God. I revere God I praise God for being the creator, for being, allowing me to come into his presence from purity, and for his power working in my life. I, I revere him. I want to live right now before him and live with him forever. I want to be holy, and in order to do that, I have to have a heart that is pure. Now, one time Samuel in the Bible has to go to this household named Jesse. And he is there called by God to go to the household of Jesse because Samuel is about to anoint a new king. And anointing this new king, Samuel's looking at all these 
sons of Jesse come forward, and he's thinking, that would make a great king. He'd be a really good king. But surprisingly, God selects none of them. And so Samuel says, do you have any other children? Do you remember this story? And Jesse says, well, yes, I have one more. He's a shepherd out there in the field. Well, bring him in. And when he arrives, God makes this statement to Samuel. People look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. David didn't look like a king. Supposed to look at that point in his life, right? But inwardly, God knew that David was the man for the time. In fact, we're told several times in the Word of God that David was a man after God's own heart. Was he a perfect man? Was he a sinless man? No. But he had a single-minded purpose. When the impurities arose, when the pollution was there, to be cleansed and be in a right relationship with God again. And so this is important, the heart. God looks at the heart. Now, remember what Jesus said about the heart. Matthew 15, 18 through 19. Notice, the things that come out of a person's mouth comes from where? The heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart, he says, comes all kinds of evil thoughts. And I just summarize it there. I didn't put them all in there. But here's the point. Jesus says, in the heart, the heart that is defiled, what will come out of that heart? Things that are defiling, things that are impure. But the heart that is pure, what will come out of that will be pure things. Your heart defines you, right? Your heart is your inner character. And if in your inner character there's this impurity and pollutions... And uncleanness, that's what's going to come out and manifest itself to the world. And so Jesus says, look, we need to have a clean and pure heart before God. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll be what? Hear it? Believe in your heart and you'll be justified before God. To have that belief in Jesus Christ. So very quickly, I could spend six sermons on this or six hours or two minutes. Which would you prefer right now? <laughs> Go for the two. It may only be five, all right? <laughs> you know, preacher can. So six things that we need. How do I keep my heart pure before God? The first thing is we need wisdom. James says, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Do you know there are two kinds of wisdom James talks about? There's the wisdom of this world that is deceitful, and selfish, disorderly, and filled with all kinds of evil practices. And James says sometimes it is demonic. That's the wisdom that most people follow in the world in which we live. But then James says the wisdom that comes from heaven is what? Pure. The reason why it's pure wisdom is because it comes from a pure God and it's based upon the pure word of God. So we need pure wisdom. The second thing we need is pure devotion to Christ. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, Paul has this concern. He says, I fear that your minds will be led away from your sincere, pure devotion of Christ. We need the courage and the strength and the loyalty and the alliance with God to say that we will always stand and be devoted to Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. He is my Savior and I will follow him. Sincere, pure devotion to Christ. We need pure wisdom. 
We need pure devotion. And the example we have of that is Jesus Christ himself. Look in 1 John 3, 3 through 8. We put our hope in him, so we purify ourselves just as he is pure. There's our example. How is that manifested? No one who lives in him will do what? Keep on sinning. You, you want to get rid of the pollution. The one who does what is right is what? Righteous. Just as he is righteous, the one who does what is sinful is what? Of the devil. So we need pure devotion. We need pure wisdom from God. To have a pure heart, we need this. And he says in Acts chapter 15 verse 9, since Jesus is our example, we need to have a pure faith. He purifies our heart by faith. It's our faith in Christ that justifies us. And the Lord richly blesses you when you will live a life of faith. To have the eyes of faith. Pure wisdom, pure devotion, pure faith. 1 Peter 1, You know what else you need? Obedience. Purify yourselves by doing what? Obeying the truth. You know how to be pure in heart? Get the wisdom of God. Put your faith in Christ. Obey what Christ tells you to do. It's an obedience without an excuse. It's obedience without rationalizing why you have to disobey. It's taking God's word and letting God's word lead you where it is. There's an old saying, right? If God's word says it, then I'm going to do it, right? I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to question it. If God's word tells me to do it, I must what? Obey it. Obey it. How important is that? Remember King Saul? King Saul chose to disobey God. Remember? He did not fully commit himself to obeying God's commandments. When Samuel confronts him about his disobedience, Saul rationalizes why he disobeyed God. Remember? He said, well, I did this because this was all for his glory. He did not obey. To which God said the most famous statement of all about what God desires. To obey is better than sacrifice. Don't give me your stinking worship if you're not going to obey me. Don't give me your polluted sacrifices in my name, your prayers in your name, if you're not going to cleanse your heart. I ask you to obey, not give me excuses. Hear that? Almost sounds like Judge Judy sometimes. <laughs> I'm not saying Judge Judy is God, so don't I'm, go on the internet and may go viral on it. But no, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean. To obey is better than sacrifice. You need pure wisdom. You need pure devotion. You need pure faith. You need pure obedience. You need pure thoughts. This is one of Dow's favorite verses in the Bible from Philippians. Right, Dow? Philippians 4. Whatever's true, whatever's right... Here it is. Whatever is pure, think on these things and then put them into practice is what Paul continues with, right? You want to have a pure heart? You better have pure thoughts. Have a pure mind. So whatever it takes to keep your thought life pure, make that covenant. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes because he wanted to protect his purity. Whatever you have to do to keep the purity of your thoughts, do those things. It's so important. In fact, Solomon said in Proverbs, I incline your heart to listen to the word of God and put it into practice. It's exactly what Paul says here. Whatever is pure, think on those things and put it into practice. So you need a pure, pure life and you need repentance. 
Now let's go back to David one more time as we close up. David repented. David had sinned against God. He understood the extent of that. And he said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David repented. That's what we do. Give me a new heart. Do not take your presence from me. Restore my joy and sustain me through my life. Your heart defines who you are. How's the purity of your heart? How's it measuring up? That wisdom you need, devotion, faith, obedience, thought, and repentance. It's, a, it's so important to do that. Titus 1 puts it all together this way. Here are two worldviews. Here they are. To the pure, all things are what? Pure. But to those who are corrupt and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. There's never been a truer statement than that. A pure person looks at the corruption, deceit in this world and says, don't they feel bad about doing that? Don't they know that's wrong? Don't they know they're going to face the judgment? The pure can understand how someone could act so immoral and corrupt and deceitful. And polluted. They don't understand it because to the pure, all things are pure. But to the corrupt, to the deceitful, the poor to them are someone to take advantage of. The, the pure are the ones that they can run over. The pure are the ones they think they're naive, they're ignorant, they're gullible. The corrupt do not desire to be pure. They desire to corrupt what is pure. Hear it? The pure have a desire to see the corrupt be made what? Pure. Now, isn't that two different ways to look at this world in which we live? The pure in heart desire and long for the corrupt to be pure in heart. The corrupt, the deceitful, the immoral... Look to corrupt the pure in heart. Can I get an amen? At least, yeah, a nod. I mean, that's exactly the world in which we live. And if you don't understand that, it just causes so much stress and so much grief, right? And it brings us back to what Paul, to what Jesus says. Blessed are the pure in heart. They're the ones who see God. Don't let the corrupt and the deceit and the immoral and the pollution of this world so discourage you that you start thinking, what's the use? What's the use? Don't feel that way. In fact, here's what Paul tells us in Philippians 2. You are a child of God, blameless and pure, without fault. Here's the world in which you're living, a warped and crooked generation. See? Corrupted minds and conscience. You will do what? What are you supposed to do? Give up? Get discouraged? Throw in the towel? You will what? Say it with me. Shine among who? The corrupted, depraved, polluted, unclean world. 
You will shine like the stars in the sky as you do what? Hold firmly to the word of life. Why must you hold firmly to the word of life? Because it's the pure wisdom of God in how to live. Be devoted. Bring your faith to it. Bring your obedience to it. Bring your repentance to it. But never let it go. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they see God. And it's my prayer this week. As we start this week together. That you'll see God in a whole lot of places. In your life's walk this week. Well I hope this lesson has encouraged you. Strengthened your faith. And increased your hope in your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We close every Sunday morning lesson with an invitation. And if you're worshiping with us online, please contact the email address on the screen and one of our elders will get back with you as soon as possible. If you're a member of our congregation, you're part of a shepherd group, please contact your shepherd group leader as well. And if you're here this morning and you need to respond publicly, we can help you with this anyway. Please make your way to the front bench and meet with one of our elders as we sing, as we stand and sing this next song. <laughs>